If you were going to describe this past week in one word, you might be thinking, oh, that's a different word that has been running through my mind all week. And it's interruption. It began last Sunday. I was sitting right there, and I got a text message during worship saying, hey, coach, are you going to be in practice today? Yeah, I'll be in practice today. I'll, I'll, I replied, I'll see you at 2.30. No, practice starts at 12.30. Oh, Okay, well, I won't be there at 12.30. I have a side game that I do, um, so I'll be there when I can be there. Interruption is my day. What? And then there was Monday. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, but could we celebrate his day on maybe a Sunday or, or a Saturday and so the kids aren't out of school? Wouldn't it be better if they were in school learning about Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King than sitting at home playing video games and doing whatever it is our kids did on Monday? It really interrupted the beginning of my week. And all you know is that if you don't start the beginning of your week strong, the rest of the week just falls apart. And that happened on Tuesday when Arlington County Public Schools decided to, to close school for a little bit of snow. I know you all were thinking when you got the text messages or you saw the banner at the bottom of Channel 4 that when you were a kid, you would walk uphill both lanes going <laughs> to school in the snow. Which brought us to Wednesday. Wednesday, we, we, had, a, we had a delay, but the kids finally made it to school. Thursday, I think we had a semi-normal day as normal as it could be. But then at 6 o'clock Friday night, here came the text messages again. Week interrupted again. We're off school on Friday. My week was interrupted from Sunday up until today. Yesterday, because of all the interruptions during the week, I needed to sit down and write a sermon that I tried to write on Thursday, but I kept getting interrupted. The IT consultant had question after question after question. My email inbox kept going ding, ding, ding with emails that needed to be responded to. Ruth, our bookkeeper, reminded me, hey, Pastor Terry, you need to send notes to these people because of this reason. Okay, well, I guess I'll write my sermon on Friday. Well, we all know there was no school on Friday, so we got moved to Saturday. But see, Saturday, my Saturday was interrupted because we had a baby shower at our house for my sister-in-law. Interruption after interruption after interruption. It has not been a, there hasn't gone a day this week without an interruption because frankly, we live lives of interruption. If you had to travel this week for work, I am so sorry. I hope you got where you needed to go. And if you still haven't gotten there, there's always next week when it's going to be 60 degrees. The weather has interrupted our plans Maybe your weekly routine of going to the grocery store on Sunday was interrupted because you had to go on Tuesday because, you know, in D.C. we can't go through a snowstorm without toilet paper, milk, and bread. For all of the French toast that you are going to make, how would you survive without those three things? Interruptions are all over the place. How many of you have had, tried to have a, uh, an adult conversation with an earshot of a five-year-old or a four-year-old or a three-year-old or a 13-year-old to be interrupted. I mentioned flight delays a few minutes ago, but don't forget the interruptions that happen nearly every day for no reason at all to metro and bus schedules throughout the regions. Interruptions 
happen at what appeared to be the most inopportune time, because frankly, that's how interruptions work. Interruptions, for better or worse, break our attention from what we thought was the most important thing in a particular moment and cause us to reorient our priorities at the time. Church, we don't like interruptions, do we? Our liturgical calendar is planned. We start with Advent, and then we go to Christmas, Christmas tide, and then we have Baptism of the Lord, and then we have Epiphany, which we're in now with green, and just a few weeks from now we'll be in Lent. Lent is followed by Easter. Easter is followed by Easter tide, and then we go into ordinary time. Nobody knows what ordinary time actually is, because is there ever an ordinary time anymore? Which then brings us to the end of the year with reign of Christ the King. That's just the calendar. The order of worship, your bulletin, is planned intentionally. The prayers and the hymns are all selected to help lift up the scripture reading or the theme of a particular Sunday. The hymn after the sermon is selected to help drive home whatever point I didn't make that I was supposed to make in the sermon. Interruptions during church in the form of kids laughing or crying up until recently were not welcome. Those types of interruptions were seen to break the solemnity and the peace of a worship service, when in reality, those interruptions are a form of God's grace breaking in to our stale monotony. So whether you worship in a sanctuary with an organ or in a school cafeteria with electric guitars, interruptions can throw off any worship service. We found that out last Sunday, did we not? There was a loud boom, and then all of a sudden we didn't have any power. Sure, Liesel and Camden were scrambling up in the tech booth, making sure everything went according to plan as, as a backup. Our organist easily pivoted from the, from the organ to the piano, which requires electricity. But your preacher? Because of the interruptions, I never regained my footing. You see, in my mind, I had how this service was going to go, and it didn't go that way, and I didn't know what to do. Interruptions are a part of our daily lives, but that doesn't mean we always welcome them. Jesus arrived in Capernaum, and he has his disciples with him, and he goes to a synagogue, and he begins to teach. Because Jesus is the Savior of the world, the Son of God, the firstborn of all of creation, there is one thing we can assume in that that sermon he gave was better than average. His sermon, though, was so good that the congregation was astounded by his authority. And that authority caused a man who had an unclean spirit in him to stand up, and the spirit confronted Jesus Jesus of Nazareth, the Spirit calls out, why are you here? I know, we know who you are, and we know what you are. In true Jesus fashion, he ignores the question that's being asked of him, and, and then pivots and calls the unclean spirit out of the man with a loud scream and some commotion, commotion that we know church folk don't like, the unclean spirit left the man. 
at first glance, this scene appears to be about Jesus healing a man who made a commotion during church. Instead of having the ushers come forward to escort the person out, Jesus heals the man. And yes, that did happen. And it will happen again in Mark's gospel. Jesus, when confronted by a person possessed by an unclean spirit, sets the person free by calling the spirit out of the man. But I want you to look and think about what happens after the man was freed. Jesus didn't tell the man to go back to his hometown and, and tell people what had happened. That'll happen later in Mark 5 when Jesus heals a man. No, in this scene, the story pivots to the congregation's amazement at what Jesus had done. The congregation was, quote, amazed. And they asked one another, what is this? Is this a new teaching? A new teaching with a new authority? He commands even the unclean spirits. The congregation was amazed because standing before them was the one the prophets of the Hebrew Bible spoke of. Standing before that congregation was the one for whom they had been waiting generations. Even if Jesus was to stand up in the middle of the congregation right now, right here at Walker Chapel, and interrupt our worship service and perform an exorcism, or maybe what John calls a sign, revealing Christ's authority to the point that all of us were amazed. I bet there would be a few of us, me included, who would be annoyed, <laughs> irritated. Because come on, Jesus, we worked so hard to plan this thing out. Dawn and I met during a snowstorm to get this thing figured out this Sunday. Couldn't you have waited till at least the sermon was over? Even a divine interruption at times can grind our gears and irritate us. Don't you realize, Jesus? The choir rehearsed. I woke up early this morning to practice all of this and make sure that the sidewalks were cleared. Could you not have at least given me to the big butt of the sermon? Because you know, Jesus, big butts don't lie. Becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ means that God will interrupt the well-laid plans of our lives. God is in the business of disrupting what we thought we wanted or what we thought we needed and instead reorients us towards God's mercy and God's grace. The interruption that happened in Capernaum in the synagogue was not the cleaning of a man with an unclean spirit. No, the interruption was the revelation that standing before this congregation was the Holy One of God, the one who holds dominion, control over every corner of creation. To become a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we welcome these interruptions because we know that we will be amazed by the authority that Jesus not only commands over creation, but the authority that Jesus commands over our lives. Not all interruptions are bad. There are going to be interruptions this coming week. A phone call, perhaps, from a soon-to-be parent calling to inform a soon-to-be grandmother that what was said to be impossible is actually happening. 
there are going to be interruptions in school this week. There are going to be teachers who will call off pop quizzes or tests. And there are going to be tests that are going to be returned with a better grade than the student ever imagined. Good interruptions interrupt the trajectory that we think we are on and they move us on a path with a better possible with a better outcome and destination than we could ever imagine. A diagnosis that was attached to the wrong medical record. A promotion or a job move that seemed impossible. An estranged family member or friend that comes home. Interruptions by God are common throughout our holy scriptures. We just miss them. Israel's enslavement in Egypt was interrupted when God used Moses as an agent of divine interruption. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the fiery furnace with the understanding that death was coming. But there was a divine interruption that stepped in and said otherwise. There's a guy in the New Testament. His name was Saul. And he was on the road to Damascus and he was knocked off his horse when he encountered Christ. Jesus interrupted Saul going to Damascus to persecute the church. And falling off his horse a few days later, Saul became Paul. And the great tormentor of the church became the church's greatest evangelist all through one divine interruption. The story of Jesus Christ is a story of great interruptions. The announcement of his birth by the angel Gabriel to Mary interrupted her life, her plans, and Joseph's plans. The silence on the night of Christmas was interrupted when the angels announced to the shepherds great tidings of great joy. John the baptizer was interrupted when Jesus stepped into the Jordan River to be baptized. The lives of the 12 disciples were interrupted when they were called away from their fishing nets and their families. Jesus' sermon in, in a synagogue in Capernaum was interrupted by a man with an evil spirit. We can jump ahead in the Gospels. I don't recommend doing it, but if you wanted to, you could jump ahead and you could see that the victory that sin and death thought that they had grasped on Good Friday were interrupted on Easter morning when the crucified Messiah left his burial clothes behind and walked out of his tomb. God's interruptions reveal to us not only God's grace, but also the authority God holds over our lives. And so we gather on Sunday mornings around our tables at home, and we worship, and we pray that God will step in and interrupt the status quo. To be a follower of Jesus Christ means that we welcome these interruptions viewing them not as inconveniences, but rather of moments of divine grace breaking into our lives. Amen.